The following podcast contains strong language and is suggested for a mature audience. Hello. I'm thinking about Palmer. Thinking about Palmer. Come on. That's a that's a witch's cackle. That. Oh no. How embarrassing. Go on. Do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Off Your Chest presents the Murderthon. <laughs> Feel good. Dun, 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 dun. It's a reference. You don't get it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome. This is the first of first annual inaugural. Yes. Uh, true crime special for Halloween. <laughs> the season of witching. And the witching hour and spooky skeletons. Spooky, spooky, spooky skeletons. There's a thing that kids sing, right? Yeah, spooky, scary skeletons. Da, da, yeah, da, 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 da. TikTok or some bullshit. It's uh, from it's a song from years ago. A guy Why called is... Living Tombstone. Uh, I met him at um, a oh. comic book convention. Why uh, are the kids so totally singing it? Because it's uh, a meme. Oh, it's like uh, like in. dancing skeletons and stuff. Anyway, dancing skeletons on the internet. But so we're gonna we're gonna do true crime. Yes. Murderthon. <laughs> is it actually going to be murder? Is yours a murder? Mine's a murder. Mine is also a murder. But that's good. Do you know what the thing is? I do you know what my, my mistake is. Yeah. Mine's really sad. Oh, fucking. It's, it's a child. Right. <laughs> Jesus. St- you thought last episode was heavy when we were talking about predators. <laughs> Fuck me. All right. Okay. So, do you want to start? Because mine's more light-hearted. Yes. Okay. Mine's um. So I'm going to be really. I'm going to be in true crime mode. So um. Be okay. ready for my true crime. Is this self. your? Is this your? Uh, I don't want to say your favourite murder, but is this your preferred murder? <laughs> it actually, for copyright reasons. Okay. It actually is my preferred murder, but yeah. not because of the murder itself. The murder itself isn't actually that interesting. Yeah. But it's the person who was murdered that I find interesting. Oh. Okay. Because okay. you've already mentioned that this is a child. It so. is a child. Okay. So, oh, in fact, I might even do a little YouTube clip. That'll be the case, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we of, can. Um, at some point, so you know who she is. Okay, cool. Okay, so this is the story of the life of Judith Eva Barsi. So, Judith Eva Barsi, Eva Barsi, was born on 6th of June 1978 in LA to Joseph Barsi and Maria Virovax. That's a really hard word to say. Virovax. 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 I had to look at that for a long time last night. I'm like, Virovax. Are they anti-vax or pro-vax? Do you know what? Did I steal one of your jokes? No, but I'm going to assume anti. Okay. Both Joseph and Maria had escaped communist Hungary after it was occupied by Soviet Russia in 1956. Oh, that was the Cold War, I believe. If you say so, then yes. Okay. I didn't look into the Cold War. I looked into a murder. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching any of that. So, like, how long did this go on for? No, I'm out. Joseph moved to New York at first and didn't actually meet Maria until he later moved to California. Because Maria had originally, when she moved out of Hungary, she moved to France. Oh, they were both in, from Hungary. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. No, I'm lying to you. He moved to France. Oh, okay. <laughs> She was from Hungary, but she went straight to California. Yeah. He went to France, um, where he married someone, and then um, they moved to New York, and then after that, he moved to California, and that's where he... Um, met this met, lady. Met Maria, yeah. So, I couldn't actually find out a great deal of background on Maria. I tried, but she's very... If you search up Maria um, 
Vera Vax and you'll just you can find... spell it. Yeah, or Maria Barsett. You'll basically find out about Judith. You won't really find much else. Right, okay. Um, okay. Stealing the limelight. <laughs> I know, right? But from what I can tell, Maria was um, very keen on Judith becoming a child actress. And from a young age, she was like... Uh, LA as well. That. I think it's yeah. because she's probably moved directly to LA from Hungary. Yeah. And she's like... She's like hungry for fame. She's hungry for fame. She's seen like all the stuff that's going on and she's like there's child actors if I can get if I can have a child I can make them into an actor and I'll be set sweet Macaulay Coke and <laughs> American dream yeah oh yeah so she's she's came from becoming a child actress and she began training her really early on um, so Judith's first commercial was in 1983 so she was five years old she yeah. it was a Donald Duck orange juice commercial <laughs> okay that's that. okay fair enough <laughs> <laughs> who, who should we get to advertise <laughs> orange juice? Donald Duck. I'm sure he drinks orange juice. <laughs> so, I'm going to find that. I'm going to keep talking. Find that. I'm going to do the, yeah. It's just who thinks of that. I'm going to, uh, so, um, so when she was scouted for it, she was, she was seen at an ice skating rink um, and was scouted for scouted. it. Scouted? Yeah. Which is bizarre because she'd been trained up to be an actress and then suddenly a scout was like, you look like an actress. Yeah, I think something similar happened to Rosario Dawson, but in New York, um, you know the actress Rosario Dawson? No. She got she was a, she was in Clerks, Sin City, all those classic films. Okay. But um, yeah, she was like just walking around one day as like a 10-year-old and then gets scouted. It's just like, you're going to be the next star <laughs> by some fucking... Pervy actor or whatever nice. or producer, but you've got this Donald Duck commercial. Yeah, but um, I'm going to give some background first. So okay. Judith was five, but she was really short. She looked three years old. Okay. Um, and she was this cute little. You'll see on the you'll see on the video. She's she's this cute little five year old, but she looks younger. So she was immediately like, this is a great actress because she has the you know the ability to follow her directions like yeah. a five year old but she looks like this cute little three year old oh right okay so she was she was a highly wanted like uh, child actress then Juice of the new juice block. Easy to store and open. Microwavable too. What? What? Microwave? <laughs> Why is it microwavable? <laughs> How do you do that? Why is it microwave your orange juice? Although, what was it? 83? So microwaves 83. were a, a new new thing yeah. then. So, I only know that because they were, it was like in that 70s show, they made a massive deal out of them getting a microwave. <laughs> oh, God. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, so she was, that was the first commercial. Mm. Um, so it made her viable as a child actress, I should say, because she looks like a three-year-old, uh, but she was five. It's terrifying how I think in like baby photos of like me and my family, my sister has had that exact haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was that about the same age? Same uh, yeah, she would have been like yeah three or four, five ish. And like, like that. You, you've seen that. I mean, obviously, if you listen, then then look up Judith Bassett. But you've seen she's such a adorable we, little it, child. I know we usually joke about it, but I will link that video into yeah. in the show notes for this one. Like she, you saw that she's adorable. She's yeah, yeah. she's cute. Cute as a button. Yeah. Um, so her career took off and she was featured in over 70 commercials over the next few years. Mm, oversaturation. <laughs> but in 1984, so that was the year after her first advert. Um, so she did 70 adverts in a no, year? No, oh, right, okay. she just did 70, right, 70 okay, adverts. Okay. 
Um, so the year after the first advert, she debuted as an actress in a miniseries for NBC named Fatal Vision, which I've not heard of. I've not heard of that either. But anyway, she continued to feature in TV shows and then movies for the next few years. Okay. There was a list of the movies she did in the first movies and stuff, and there were, there were all there were cinema movies, but I don't remember them. But well, I didn't I didn't know them, so I thought I was not going to be talking about them. Yeah. That. So in 1988, when she was 10. She took up her role as actress in the two movies that I and perhaps most millennials know her for, which is Ducky in The Land Before Time. Oh, yeah. And um, Annie Marie in All Dogs Go to Heaven, which is a movie I absolutely adored. So I will... You are, of course, a dog person. Yes. I will play... It says she does dog food. I will play a clip of her um, as Ducky in Land Before Time. Because you will... If you've ever seen it, so I play this, you will know it. Let's find one where she's just like, yep, okay. That's her. Yeah, yeah, I remember her. So it's two seconds on that video, but it's just like. Fuck me, you. That's her. You're you're making me do a lot of fucking audio work on this. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) That's Um, So that's her voice. Yeah. Um, And that was when she was ten, right? That was when she was ten, yeah. Yeah. But she still sounds younger. Yeah, yeah. So it's really cute. So. But unfortunately, All Dogs Go to Heaven became her final project. Oh, right, okay. At 10 years old. Oh, early retirement. Well, she's done 70 <laughs> adverts. She deserves it. But apparently she was making a load of money. I think in one year she earned, um, like, $12,000. Oh, that was, like, 80s, $12,000 yeah. as well. So that's, what, and seven. It might have been 120000 I don't know. She was, but basically, she was earning a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and obviously her parents still been getting that, I assume, until she could have it or whatever. Okay, so Judy's father, Joseph, we only talked about him yet. Yeah. But he was an angry, abusive alcoholic. His yeah. behaviour escalated as Barty became more successful in her career. Hmm. Sounds... Checks out. Yeah. Apparently he was... Um, he had really low self-esteem anyway, so presumably his wife has, you know, has created this wonderful little child actress yeah. who's becoming amazing at what she does and getting loads of money and he's like I am insignificant I am inferior I hate my child and my wife I assume okay (laughs) a a husband who hates his wife and child (laughs) my god Uh, Joseph had previously been married since fleeing Hungary and had had two children with his first wife Clara the abuse first began with Clara but later he extended the abuse to his son five years later Clara fled to Arizona with the children um so then they tried to reconcile, so um, he went over there, um, did Joseph try and reconcile with them, yeah. and they did for a little bit, but then I think he threw something at them, he threw like a, he threw like a frying pan or something. Yeah, and cycle of abuse. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll change. Yeah, yeah and yeah, Clara yeah. was like, no, so the reconciliation Good failed. Good for Clara. Yep, she did a divorce. She'd do a divorce. Did a divorce. One divorce, please. (laughs) And Joseph moved to LA, which is where he met Maria, who was a waitress at the time. Oh, right. And then shortly after that, Judith was brought into the world. Yeah. So during Judith's career, Joseph's abuse of his family grew. He became increasingly jealous and would threaten to kill himself, his wife, and his daughter. I mean, he's not going to get anywhere if he's doing it in that order. (laughs) That's a very good point. Okay, the abuse led to Judith breaking down during her singing audition for All Dogs Go to Heaven. She was taken by her mother, Maria, to a child psychologist who identified the severe emotional and physical abuse and reported her findings to Child Protective Services. Oh, yeah, they have to do that, don't yeah. they? If there's, yeah. Um, and <clears throat> basically, the, the things that was happening in that time as well, so the, child, the um, psychologist could see that she was, she was doing things like she was pulling out her own eyelashes, um, 
Yep, so she was... Uh, what? She was pulling out her own eyelashes, like, and so she had, like, none left. So it's basically like a form of self-harm. Right, okay. She also was eating loads and was gaining loads of weight um, because there was all this emotional and physical abuse going on. Yeah. And she was just, like, going... Th- and she also was pulling out cat's whiskers, like, pulling out her eyelashes. Oh, right, okay. So she was... This 10-year-old kid is just, like, not handling Fucked life. Up. Yeah. Um, not, not her own fault, obviously. No, not at all. I um, mean, it's fairly common record that child actor and, yeah. and solid mental health... Don't really go hand yeah, in hand. Much, yeah. Coke. We're <laughs> <laughs> not sponsored. Ah, oh, that sweet, sweet taste of diet Coca-Cola. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> with added cherry would be amazing if, if you know cherry Coke want to send me in cherry Coke. Anyway, they're not sending. <laughs> they're not sending me shit. Especially on, on the, of all episodes to ask for free stuff, the one with the child murder. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she, invo- she reported her findings to Child Protective Services. The investigation, though, was dropped. Oh, yeah. Because oh, Maria okay. said, I'm going to divorce. I'm going to start... I intend to start divorce proceedings. Mm. Um, we've already got um, an, a, a really good city apartment, city of your apartment, that me and Judith go to, to have a bit of a safe haven away from his abuse. Yeah. So we're going to do divorce proceedings and me and Judith are going to move there. So obviously they were just like, cool, yeah. All's fine. All's fine here, never yeah. mind. Um, but Maria didn't go through with it because. She fucked up. She, yep, she didn't want to lose the family home and the belongings. Oh, but what about the city view apartment? <laughs> Come on. She didn't want to lose all that stuff. Downsize so, Judith, what are you playing at? <laughs> so instead, what she tried to do was she wanted to keep the house. She tried to drive Joseph out by being really messy and unclean. Oh, right, okay. Because he was apparently a total, like, clean nerd and... Is that what my missus has been doing to me for years? That's what years. I'm doing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh so my she, God. she, he hated mess and anything like that, so she was like, okay, I'm going to start just being really messy and unclean. And Dirty protest. Yeah, <laughs> he'll move out. Um, but it didn't work. So, Judith was last seen on the morning of Monday 25th of July, 1988, while she was riding her bike on her street. That night, there's not a great deal of information to find about this in terms of logistics, but presumably because... You'll, I'll tell you why. Yeah. Uh, Joseph took a gun and shot Judith in the head while she was fast asleep in her bed. Oh, that's... Yeah. Um... So, she was fast asleep, just came in and shot her in the head. God. I mean... Mm. I always think, like, you know when you hear, like, oh, died of a heart attack in his sleep, or mm. something like that, uh, and it's just sort of like, I, I wake up quite easily. Yeah. That's not a peaceful way to go. Yeah, no. Gone to the head, comparatively. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, this is justifying a murder here, yeah, but no, let's I, not get on their side. I bad do, man, bad man. I do think that, you know, he's a really bad man, obviously, that little girl had so much potential and had, like, only had ten years of her life, but I do think that... Um, it was a, it was the quickest way probably that she could have gone, especially because all the abuse she was having. It was, it. it I'm glad. I'm glad on the perspective of that she didn't suffer too much. Yeah. Death. She didn't get tortured or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. So Maria heard the gunshot and ran out onto the hallway towards Judith's bedroom, uh, but Joseph met her on the hallway and shot her too. Imagine that was an awkward meeting. <laughs> what have you been doing? Killing. Killing. <laughs> For the next two days, Joseph stayed in the house with the bodies of his family. Yeah. This is... Right. Sorry, go ahead. We're popping a pin and we'll come back to that. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it wasn't until he had a phone conversation with Judith's agent. Which, so presumably, I'm guessing it'd been a couple of days, and Judith's agent was like, look, we're doing this project, all of us go to heaven. Uh, we need to be in touch with her, what's happening, why isn't she doing whatever. Oh, she's got experience with going to heaven. <laughs> She'd be great for it. Oh, no, poor child. Poor little sweet baby angel. This is a comedy podcast. You wanted this podcast. I know, but I'm just... I, I, I poor Judith. Okay. It wasn't until the phone conversation. Um, he said he planned... That Joseph said he planned on moving out of the house for good mm. as soon as he had... Because bear in mind as well, the agent was there when this breakdown happened. So she's right. probably not Joseph's biggest fan. And he's yeah. impressed that they're still living together. Um, so he planned on moving out for good as soon as he had, in his words, said goodbye to my little girl. Okay. Yeah. So, that night, he went, so quite enough after the phone conversation, actually, he went to the bodies of Judith and Maria, poured petrol onto them, and set them on fire. That's, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll do it. That'll say goodbye. Yeah. He then went into the garage of the house and shot himself in the head with a thirty-two caliber pistol. And that's pretty much, like, I'm a bit mongrel to say, but that's pretty much all the information I could find on the murders because really? if, if you think about it, I mean, there's only three witnesses and they all died. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so they just have to piece it together. So, yeah, so yeah. all they've got is piecing it together. I mean, there's no, like, obviously there's, there's no, um, there's no aftermath in terms of police or anything or in terms of um, sentencing because everyone was just dead. Because I imagine that they found the 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 crime scene mm. quite a long time afterwards because who's going who's gonna to report that? You yeah. Know? And there was apparently, um, so the bodies of, well, the remains of Judith and Maria um, were buried at an unmarked grave, which I don't really understand. The reason, if you, if you yeah. look up Judith Barty, you will find a gravestone, like a, like a headstone. Um, which says her name and dates and stuff on it. But I don't know if that's just like a memorial place somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's but, strange that it's an unmarked yeah, grave. But I don't know if it's maybe because of the controversy or whatever yeah. of what happened and, and maybe I don't want to be disturbed. I don't know. But the there's not actually, we don't know, or the internet doesn't know anyway, what happened to um, the body of the dad, Joseph. So whether he was... Um, just buried. Fucking thrown down the well. Yeah, don't, no one really knows what happened to him. Presumably he had a very unceremonial disposing of, essentially. Yeah. They don't tend to be big occasions, the, no. the funeral of a murderer. <laughs> of, a, of a, what's it called when it's, is it, when it's familial? Is, like, is it, because it's homicide, but it's like, is it femicide? No. Uh, oh, the, the, I, I do know it's, uh, murder, it's something like murder, suicide, or homicide, murder, Side, well, it is murder suicide, but it's like murder suicide. Family. That's it. That's when it's your family, though, there's something. There's something else. There is another called. one there because, right? I, they, this is eerily similar to. Are you familiar with Chris Benoit, the professional yes. wrestler? Yeah. This is eerily fucking similar. Wasn't because was, it was like two yeah. days before that. Because he was in the house with the body for two days, and they were able to piece it together because of his search history. Yeah. Like on, on his, on his uh, internet. But then, but then that wouldn't have been a thing. No, so. it wouldn't have been a thing no. there, but this was, yeah, modern times there. But it's very strange mm. how similar that is. That's the first thing I'm thinking but of. But then with him, he was he was the breadwinner. He was the... Versus the child in this one being Yeah, the, true. Yeah, you're completely right. One. I mean, she was like... She was... Uh, his wife was famous in her own right. She had her own role yeah. in, the, in that world, but definitely not as prolific as, uh, yeah. as Chris there. But, but I, think that, I think that with him, he was this... I think probably his wife got a lot of 
saying stuff because she was kind of like yeah. almost her manager. Yeah, because it was like back in the eighties as well, where it wasn't as progressive, shall we say? Yeah, where it was yeah. just like, oh, I'm a man, I've got, I'm yeah. the breadwinner, Urgh. and it's just like your little girls. I can imagine that that can be quite emasculating to some. For someone like yeah. that, and and given that he'd already had a history of abuse and and of his family. Yeah. Um, also, before I say I'll go on to the last bit, um, I'll point out I found out what happened to his previous two children. Oh. Um, so his first child, the boy, yeah. um, he became an alcoholic and yeah. eventually committed suicide. Oh. Yeah. I think he jumped off of something. Um, Creative, at least, yeah. So that, again, I would say that's, to be honest, I would put that as part as a, another casualty of this. Oh, man. yeah, definitely. Another casualty of Joseph uh, Barsett. Um, but the daughter, she um, she got cancer, recovered from it, event all well, recovered from the first kind of bow of it, from what I could tell. Um, and she did loads of like self help talks and self help books. Right. Okay. I think she did a lot of stuff on like mental health and stuff like that. So that's really good. Yeah. But then she died of her cancer inevitably. Oh, did it? She came. No, remission. Yeah, she came out of remission. And then it, I don't know what the word is, but it came back, essentially. Yeah. And she died. Um, but yeah, so I would say the son is also a, a further casualty. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the end credits theme and the theme for the uh, theme song of the movie for All Us Go to Heaven was a song called Love Survives, and it was dedicated to Judith. Oh, that's sad. And um, the movie, so All Us Go to Heaven, it actually was released 16 months after Judith's death in, death in November 1989. I, I, I haven't seen that film to be honest it's, with you. it's good I used to love it I used, but obviously it's because I'm always been you're a dog a, lover you're a dog person it's about how dogs are so great that all dogs go to heaven yeah um, but then there's one dog that um, he does some he, he, he has to go back to earth and prove that he's a good boy oh okay he's like a ghost dog and I think why well, is he a ghost dog Yes, who's a good boy? And basically, the the girl that um, Judith voices is a girl who can speak to dog animals. Oh, so is she in the film? Voice actress. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's the main girl. Oh right, okay. Um, she, oh sorry, I thought it was before the all dogs go to heaven thing, but she'd recorded all dogs go to heaven, it, and then afterwards. And then she was all that. She was shit went down. Yeah, because it was at least sixteen months after. So I'm assuming she. I assume she. Yeah, she we've, might had, not we've have done all of it. They might have had to rejig bits. I th- from what I know about like animated films, like the first thing they do is like, well, obviously write the script, yeah. but like before they put pen to paper on anything. Because they animate it after, don't they? Yeah, they, they yeah. do the voice first and then animate it yeah. afterwards. So presumably she did most, uh, most of it, if not all of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really good movie, and um, you know, I, I, that's why it really hit me hard because these two movies mean mean quite a lot to me. So it was this girl that she was she was killed, yeah. and um, also just a, a little tidbit that I didn't know: All of Go to Heaven was a Don Bluth film. Don Bluth, he is the fella who did, did Animated he do... Boy. The what, sorry? Animated Boy. Yeah, Animated Boy. Did he do what was it called? What's that video game? Dragon Quest. Is it called? No, not Dragon Quest. Fuck. The one that's really hard? It's the one with the... It's the arcade cabinet, but yeah. it's fully animated. What's yeah, it's the one that's really hard, and it has, like, a princess people used to fancy. Yeah. Was it called Dragon? No, it was something it was Dragon Quest. Something, I'm sure it, it was. It was something Quest, because they did a second one called I'm gonna, I'm gonna look Space Don Quest. Don Bluth. Don Bluth. Can't remember. And it did, uh, what was it called? The Thief and the Cobbler, that very... Famous uh, nightmare production. 
um, that never came out, but has some incredible animated sequences that have got out there. And he did one quite recently, thanks to Kickstarter. Don uh, Bluth was um, Anastasia, The Secret of Name. Anastasia, that's it. Land Before Time, so yeah. that was also Don Bluth, yeah. which he was in. An American Tale, All Us Go to Heaven, Rockadoodle. Rockadoodle. <laughs> I watched a nostalgia critic of that. Um, of course, that's how. <laughs> a Troll in Central Park. Um, these are all things that I've seen. Yeah. Basically, a lot of really good animation that was around the Disney can time, you see but Don, wasn't Disney. Can you see Don? Can you see Don Bluth video game? Um, it's going to annoy me. I know what you're thinking of. I didn't know it was Don Bluth, but Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. I knew it was, it was Dragon something, yeah. and the second one was called Space Quest. But is it because there was a Dragon's Lair movie, wasn't there? Like a, a video game movie. The the video that was the the video game was the movie oh, was okay, the video yeah. game. Because it was fully animated yeah. like a film, but it was just sort of like move left or move yeah, right, it, and it, it animated both. It featured animation by ex Disney animator Don Bluth. Mm. But yeah, he was around. He was he created films at the same time as Disney was massive, and yeah. he was kind of I. I think was the, it the Black Cauldron as well, the Disney one that he worked on, and then he split off from Disney. Do you know what? That, I don't know that would make sense because they seem very similar art styles yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. So that would make sense to me. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's, that's uh, the story. That's the life. Of it Judith went into Clark. a little bit of a, like a little bit of a tangent about Don Bluth there. Um, and I would like to just um, reference the famouspeople.com and reallifevillainsfandom.com where I got a lot of my information. Oh, good stuff. Or at least in our sources, because uh, I can't remember my sources for this. <laughs> we don't have to. I just think that if I know it's a thing you're supposed to do. So okay. So it. now it's time for my preferred murder. Yes. And this is uh, this is this is a big boy. A big boy. I originally wanted to do it on uh, Daphne Gillespie, who uh, was one of the. I thought she was, and I think she is connected to. Uh, she was a, a journalist, uh, a Maltese journalist, who uh, died in a car bomb, and I thought that she was like a key player in the Panama Papers scandal. I don't even know what that is, which is really bad, but I don't know what it is. It's basically sort of like, hey, you know all the millionaires. Mm. We've got all the documents about them, okay. and we published them. Okay. I I thought she was sort of like one of the key figures, but she was involved in that. But she was a very minor figure in the whole thing. Uh, basically, she died in a car bomb, and there was no public inquiry into it. Okay, very weird. You're the assassination doing a conspiracy, of aren't you? I am. So uh, I, that was my original conspiracy that I wanted to. There's no conspiracy with this one. A conspiracy is uh, well, I don't know what the definition of conspiracy is. This might qualify, but this is the story of. Are we doing? Are we naming the murderer or the victim? I did Judith, but that's because because I framed it. I framed it as the murderer because no, that 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 is the reason I chose Judith is because I think that it's her life that's interesting, and I don't think that I should dedicate something like that to the murderer who was well to this murderer who was just her dad that was a jealous fucker. Yeah. So, but for so for me, I did it as the life of Judith. But you can do however you want. Okay, so I'm going to tell the story of a little fella called Gavrilo Princip. I've not heard of him. Fantastic. This is somebody you definitely should have heard of. And I hadn't heard of him either. This guy's just a footnote. But, uh, so, Europe, at the turn of the 20th century, was on the up. Plague, gone. (laughs) Industry, booming. Yeah. And in 1914, the populations of the Europe's were more literate than ever. And in Can Sar- I say, I love that this is an oldie-timey one. I yeah. love oldie-timey Yeah, yeah, this is, this is... Well, it's not oldie-time. Well, Victorian murders. Yeah. Love them. Oh, this is a, a little bit... I think this is technically a little bit after. Definitely... Yeah, but is it, is it kind of... When was Jack the Ripper? 
That was turn of the century, I think. Yes, it's similar time to that. This is specifically in 1914 in Sarajevo, which is a a city that is uh, Serbia-allied in uh, modern-day Bosnia and Herzegovina, but at that time it was under the rule of the Austria-Hungarian Empire. Oh, we're in Hungary again. Uh, Well, we're not in... It's it's modern-day Bosnia and Herzegovina under... There's Hungary involved. Under the thumb <laughs> of those fucking Austro-Hungarians. <laughs> Is, uh, can you be racist against p- empires that weren't there anymore? No. No, I don't think you can. Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> newspaper comes out. Guess what? What? The heir to the throne, the Austro-Hungarian throne, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Has been shot. And his wife. Been killed. You've, you've spoiled it. Spoiled it right away. And his wife, Sophia, Duchess of Hohenberg, are coming along. June 29th, 1914, and uh, the Archduke, Franzi Boy, and Sophia uh, are in town, and officially they're in Serenievo to watch military manoeuvres. However, it does coincide with their 14th wedding anniversary, which is a couple of days afterwards. <laughs> so, you know, maybe an excuse to get away. We don't know for certain. Yep. The history books are a little bit vague on that, possibly. Uh, however, uh, they've chosen uh, it's a volatile, volatile place to be because uh, the Serbs have been acting uh, bolder and bolder to demand Bosnia and Herzegovina free from Austro-Hungarian rule. Now, just a side note to avoid a little bit of confusion here because this confused the shit out of me when I was searching this. Serbs, the phrase Serbs, are an ethnic group originating from the Balkan Peninsula. So the modern countries on this peninsula are Albania, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Bulgaria, Kosovo, Montenegro, Northern Macedonia. And partially in there is Croatia, Greece, Romania, Slovenia, Turkey, and uh, on the European side of Turkey, and Serbia itself. Okay. That's a Serb. Serbians are people specifically from the Republic of Serbia. Okay, right. So Serbia, nationality, Serbs, ethnic group. Okay, right. Again, I... I pretty much, I was so confused about that for so long, but um, it'll, it'll help, hopefully. So, June 28th also happens to fall on the anniversary, which is when they are visiting for this big parade. Uh, it's on the anniversary of um, the Battle of Kosovo, which is a point of national pride uh, for, the, uh, for the Serb nationalists. They love it. And uh, to those people, uh, the Archduke of Austria-Hungary which is uh, the symbol of their oppression, coming to Serbia on that day. Not, not, not to, they didn't like that. They didn't like that. They didn't like that at Vacation all. Vacation somewhere else for your anniversary. Yeah, but it's, again, history books are a little bit thing. It wasn't known if the Archduke was aware of the significance of uh, June 28th. Uh, it might have been ignorance, or it might have been a statement of solidarity between Austro-Hungary and, um, and um, you know, uh, Serb, the Serb people, uh, but we don't know. But... What happens is, uh, on an open-top black car, the royal couple head down the street of the parade route, which has been published in the newspaper yep. beforehand, flanked by five other cards filled with guards and officials from the Austro-Hungarian Empire. The big boys. And the streets are lined with onlookers, uh, so the world knows exactly where Franz Ferdinand and his wife are. Six people who are looking, six young boys, uh, are coordinated by a gentleman called Danilo Iliak. Mm. I'm going to apologise in advance for the pronunciations because they're going to be fucking awful. Um, who are all members of the Black Hand Secret Society, which is, if you're naming a secret society, Black Hand is a cool name for Very it. Cool. 
Plus, it sounds piratey. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Plus, like, you don't really hear too much about secret societies anymore. Yeah, that was too secret. So basically, that was the a black. Joke, wasn't it? Yes, it was. The Black Hand's purpose was to end the Austria, Austro-Hungarian rule um, of uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina and Sarajevo, uh, and the reunification of the Pan-Serb territories, which are all the countries that I mentioned previously there, and. Uh, they were affiliated with uh, either the Black Hand Secret uh, Society or Young Bosnia, which had similar goals uh, at the time. Um, so, the parade goes on. The first two assassins see all the cars and were just like, oh, no thanks. <laughs> oh, no, not, not today, lads. So, not there, was today. A, there was a few assassins. There were was, like... was six assassins on the route. Wow. Crazy, right? On this route, they've been like publicized. Publish, yeah. Publicized months in advance. Uh, so um, another one gets ready to do it, but sees sees the missus, sexist, thinks, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna assassinate a woman. <laughs> sexist. Uh, the other. Also, an- a really shit assassin. Yeah, shit assassin. Yeah. Uh, another assassin. He took a shot, but his gun malfunctioned. Oh fucking hell. So old frenzy boy carries on his way, smiling and waving. It's, it's like- non the miser, non the wiser, non the miser, non the, miser, it's, it's non the kaiser. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's, it's like if the Chuckle Brothers tried to do an assassination. Yeah, it's just sort of like, oh, I'm not going to do it. It's, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, bloody heck. <laughs> Barry, my gun's not gone off. <laughs> but oh, speaking, speaking of Chuckle Brothers assassins. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, assassin four, he steps up, steps up to the plate. One shot, one opportunity. And he throws a bomb at the car. But just before it's about to bean him right in his noggin, yeah. uh, Franzi boy, he ducks out the way. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, right? He ducks and goes to the other side of the uh, thing, which is lined with people. Kablamo. Oh, my God. So it goes over to the crowd on the side of the street, explodes, mangling up 20 people who just wanted to see a nice parade. Oh, no. They didn't want to get bombed. This is like, this is honestly like Mr. Bean does, yeah. does assassination. So Franz Ferdinand's all right. Onlookers are fucked up. So assassin number four. He's, oh, he's just sort of like, boom, drops the bomb. What up? So he makes his daring escape, right? He jumps over the side of the bridge that they were on at the parade route at the time to make his escape, right, to go into the water. However, he realises the water is only four inches deep. <laughs> and he pricks his leg. Oh, fuck me. And uh, realising that he's not going anywhere, this daring escape, he's not going to be taken alive, so he uh, pops in his uh, cyanide capsule. The oh. problem was... The young boys, these lads, these assassins, they had the cyanide capsules, uh, but they got them a little bit on the cheap, and they were way past their sell-by date. Oh, my God. So, with a broken leg and in four inches of water and vomited from expired poison, the police casually strolled down to the water and beat the absolute fucking <laughs> shit out of this gentleman who's called Nidelka Kabrovnik uh, before taking him into custody very much alive. So did, did, he didn't actually, so he dropped the bomb but he didn't get uh, transferred. No, no, he got a bunch of people, but spooks the motorcade. So the motorcade turns around and heads back to the start of the route, which is at City Hall, and uh, the city Serenievo starts locking down. I feel like if you've had that many assassination attempts, you should probably go home. Well, two of them didn't do shit. One of them tried to gun jammed, nobody noticed. If your gun goes off, it's just sort of like, oh, you don't throw the gun at him or anything like that. He thinks there's just one assassination attempt. Well, it's, it's enough to go on, though, isn't it? It is, but <clears throat> he's on holiday. He's got a good, good, good thing going here. So basically, one of the assassins later on in the route watches the car goes back, 
and he's sort of like a little bit bummed out because the assassinations failed and it's off because they've been spooked by the by the bombing. Uh, so um, his hopes of being immortalised have been uh, have, have gone basically. Uh, going back to the city hall, which is heavily guarded, and no one's going to be able to assassinate the archduke at city hall because of the, all the guards. So this fifth assassin, he's bummed out, and he leaves the remaining spectators and makes his way to a nearby deli, and hoping that a snack would cheer him up a little bit. No, it cheers me up. Comfort eating. Yeah. Like a like you're a depressed like child. Ju- there. Judith. Yeah, yeah, Judith. There. Back at City Hall, the mayor suggests to the Archduke that he should continue on with his trip. Franz, contemplating the attempt on his life, decides that this would be a bad idea. What a shit mayor! (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, why would you have a thing there? So Franz proposes instead of the mayor's dumb fuck idea that he and Sophia should visit the hospital where the injured were taken after the attack. That's noble, isn't it? Mm. They all go back into the car and the motorcade heads back out. However, in the hustle bustle of changing off the plans, nobody tells the Archduke's driver. Now, this driver, who's driving the motorcade, uh, or one of the cars in, is the Archduke's personal chauffeur, and he usually drives around Hungary, Australia. Australia? Australia? Australia. Yeah, it's usually. taken a long time to get around Australia. Yeah, right. Especially in a, in a 1900s car, jeez. Yeah, just go over the big bridge. <laughs> Although that bridge wasn't there until the 70s, but anyway. So he usually drives around Austria. Had at that point. Exactly. So he's not too familiar with Serenjeva. <laughs> uh, so uh, the lead car... Oh, so this leads to the car and the following cars to take a wrong turn. Uh, one of the governors, a few cars back yells for the uh, motorcade to pull over so they can get the bearings and get back on track to the hospital meanwhile outside the deli the uh, fifth assassin there he's all bummed out he's eating his sandwich and he's starting to feel a little bit what better. sandwich is it <laughs> the history books do have confirm which sandwich, sandwich it is it was a cheese sandwich oh it's a shit sandwich it's a shit sandwich isn't it but you know what he's a young lad he doesn't know any better um, but, I expected um, like you know different meats and like some mustard yeah exactly especially in like deli, you know like friggin', de- you know famous for the cured meats and stuff yeah, like yeah. that aren't they but he's bummed out he's eating his sandwich and he's feeling a little bit better a cheese sandwich yeah you know what maybe there'll be a chance you know you know, the uh, occupation's not over. Maybe there'll be a chance in the future for him to sort of be immortalised with his fellow Serb heroes. Not a chance someone to bring in some fucking Branston pickle. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they had Branston pickle. I don't know, maybe they did. We don't know how far the tensions of capitalism were at that point. But uh, the lad's only 19 and he's got his whole life ahead of him. And today's just been a very unlucky day for him and his fellow assassins. And there'll be another day. He'll have to wait for the heat to die down a little bit. And holy fuck, is that the Archduke? <laughs> Fuck me! Who is that pulling in front of me? Yes, it is the Archduke. Right there out of Schiller's Deli on Franz Joseph Street, which is a street that's named after the Archduke's father. Oh, wow. Another little bit of coinkydink in the history there is where the motorcade pulls over to get the bearings. So, in front of where... So it pulls over in front of his deli? It pulls up three steps from where he's having his sandwich. So he's just chilling having his cheese and it's like... His cheese sandwich. Eh? And he's just sort of like bummed out and he, t- his, leaves it, he leaves the cheese sandwich. Puts it in his pocket, say that for No, no, time. no. Leaves it on the table. That's why the history books know this. Oh. Although imagine booking that in the evidence. <laughs> so it was so close that he could hear the Archduke and his missus like having, like speaking, like Domestic. right in front of them. Yeah, it's just sort of like, oh, where are we? I don't know. I don't know what their accent was. Why don't you ask for maps? Yeah, exactly. Why don't we have Google Maps? <laughs> so he takes three strides and he takes 
the two shots point blank range, one at the Archduke, one at his missus. Uh, the wife dies instantly, the Archduke dies. I think it was about, I think it was about five or ten minutes afterwards. That five or ten minutes was like an eternity. Yeah, it? right. Uh, but uh, in that position. so he goes to take a third shot on himself, but he's wrestled to the ground before any before he can do that. And in the car, Sophia is dead, and the Archduke is bleeding out. His last recorded words were, "It's nothing." When asked about his injury, uh, but he was a liar. It was something, and he was dead as well now. <laughs> okay. So he died a liar. What a twat. Um, <laughs> So, uh, this assassin, whose name is uh, Gavrilo Princip, uh, he expressed regret at the trial uh, of killing Sophie, but he was nevertheless proud of what he had done, and he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. What? Uh, yes, he was... like, a, a member of an Yeah, a heir to the throne. Fuck me. Next in line to the throne, but he was only 19, so technically he was a minor, so that was the maximum no, he sentence. Wasn't. He was. That's why he was back then. Wait, so he, he got let out at 39 just carrying his, his life? Oh, no. Uh, the, a I lot, think it's 39. No. A bunch of assassins, uh, the other assassins who were involved uh, involved in the society, who were over 20, they all, they got, they got hung to death. Hung to death? Well, sentenced to death. I don't know if it was actually uh, hanging, to be fair. I didn't look that up. They might have been shot. They might have been, the old-fashioned way. But, um, yes, yeah, so uh, Gavrilo... Exactly. Gavrilo spent his incarceration in solitary confinement, ha. chained... Excuse me. Sorry, I get very emotional with this. <laughs> You're getting emotional though, talking about the, the, like the, the treatment of the murderer. <laughs> Look, right. I don't like the monarchy. He don't like the monarchy. <laughs> I, I feel as though there's some, there's some correlation yeah, here. Yeah, but you don't go shooting the monarchy. Uh, no, you don't. No. Please don't say that you would on a podcast. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, so basically, Gavrilo spent his incarceration, most of it uh, in solitary confinement, chained to a wall in a fortress turned prison called Terezin, which is about 40 miles north of Prague. It was later used uh, as a concentration camp. So oh. that's very nice. That's a fun not, fact, not isn't it? Not much later, really, was it? No, but uh, basically, um, World War One had kicked off uh, because of this. Yep. Uh, if well, you're unfamiliar with Franz Ferdinand, uh, we should have should have written that into the script a little bit more. Uh, but basically, because World War One had kicked off, prisoner well-being was not a priority for the government at the time, to put it bluntly. And um, Gavrilo's um, incarceration wasn't a picnic at all. Uh, he contracted tuberculosis, which developed into a thing that I didn't know of called skeletal tuberculosis. No. Is that uh, where you get TB in your skeleton? Exactly that, which resulted in the amputation your, of his right arm. Your skeleton gets a cough. <laughs> it does, and then your arm fucks off. Fucks <laughs> off, anyway. Fucks cough. Fucks cough. Uh, he tried to hang himself with a towel in January 1916. Uh, which should less... have been allowed a towel. Yeah, no, uh, well, to be fair to him, um, it must have been a hell of a job with one arm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> awful joke. Uh, true, so, though. Yeah. Uh, from February to June uh, 1916. How are you that knot? I have no idea. Friends, what are friends for? <laughs> Helping you die. Exactly that. But um, basically, um, for six months, our prince met with a psychiatrist uh, in the uh, Austro-Hungarian Angri- army four times. Uh, Princip believed that the World War would have happened regardless of his actions, but that he cannot believe that the World War was a consequence of the assassination and that, quote... He cannot feel himself responsible for the catastrophe. 
Uh, Gavrilo served just over three years of his sentence before he succumbed to death. Uh, to <laughs> succumbed to death. Uh, via his tuberculosis uh, in April 1918. Uh, the official cause of death is TB, but malnutrition uh, must have played a part because uh, his death he weighed six stone four ounces. Wow. That's 40 kilograms. Um, well, presumably, if he wanted to die, he'd just stop eating. Yeah, I mean, presumably, he might have been on a hunger strike. That's a very common thing yeah. in prison. I think the world record, like a very grim world record, for longest time without eating, is was caused by prison uh, hunger strikes. Yeah. I don't know the exact date, but I, I believe I read that somewhere. But, but he was he was buried in an unmarked grave that was later exhumed thanks to one of the guards uh, with a keen memory. And now Gavrilo uh, rests at St. Archangel Cemetery in Sarajevo. Now... World War One has been called by some historians as an absolute clusterfuck, and the causes of World War One date back to the Congress of Berlin in 1878. But it is widely accepted that the assassination of Franz Ferdinand directly caused the July Crisis that led to the Austria-Hungarian, oh, led to Austria-Hungary declaring war uh, on July 28th, a month to the day since the assassination. And uh, nations backed their political allies and went to town, resulting in the deaths of up to 65 million uh, military personnel and civilians, all thanks to a host of coincidences and two shots fired from a sad Serb eating a cheese sandwich. See, this is the thing. Like, so I did, I did history GCSE, and the majority of my history GCSE was the um, causes of World War One. So yeah. I am very familiar with. Um, the Franz Ferdinand assassination. Shabang. Shabang. I remember that we, we had a massive debate in history about whether it was a big, a big like inside job, because why the hell would the driver go to that cheese shop? Cheese shop, Delhi. The guy didn't know where he was going. Is it? It was his personal chauffeur, so he didn't know the streets that well. But we were talking, saying maybe the driver has something to do with it mm. because he ha- just happened to park in front of an assassin. Are you talking about cahoots? Yeah. It's just like, oh, there's my buddy. Yeah. Gav. Cahoots. There you go. Yeah. Served up on a plate. Uh, here's some fun facts for you. Uh, the gun that Gavrilla used uh, on that day is currently, to this day, oh, I mean, I mean, as we're recording this, is uh, currently on display at the Military History Museum in Vienna. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nidjelko Kabrinovic, uh, the uh, vomit assassin there, uh, your contribution to history is incredible, and it's the entire reason I picked this story. <laughs> uh, so there you go, that is uh, Gavrilo Prince oh. Up and his buddies. The Black Hand Gang. The Black Hand Gang. Oh dear. I am sure that is. No, I think, there's a, I think in Horrid Henry, his, his gang are called the Red Hand Gang. The Red Hand Gang? Yeah. No, there's the Black Glove organisation in the DC Comics universe. Oh, see, no, I, didn't know. I don't, I don't yeah. really do DC, I do Marvel. I don't do any of them anymore. I'm, I'm still boycotting DC. Are you? Yeah. Why? Because they, uh, they're homophobes. Oh, well, fair enough yeah. then. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's it for the Murderthon. Um, that is it for the Murderthon. Yeah, speaking of uh, Halloween stuff, uh, give blood. I would like you to give blood as well. Yeah, I've, I'm booked in for my next one, but yeah, everyone give blood. I'd like to give blood, but every time I try, like, when was your last tattoo? I'm like, not long ago, and they can't do it. Yeah, you need to wait three months, I think it is, after that. Yeah, and I, I get the, the time period after I've had a tattoo where I'm like, oh, another one is about two months. Yeah. So I always, I'm always over threshold. Fair enough. But if you are uh, somebody who uh, isn't a, a tattoo addict, give blood, cos. 
you know what? It's the spooky season and fucking it's good, isn't it? Do it. Yeah, do it. Help the NHS, they're great. Uh, but uh, that's it from us. Thanks very much yep. for joining us for this little experiment that we Don't call the murder Don't eat expired Halloween sweets. Oh, whoa. But if it's best before, you're all right. Yeah, but don't eat them if it's, like, used by. Oh, uh, if you have a, an apple that's filled with uh, uh, blades, don't like razor it. blades, don't eat it. That's a bit of Halloween advice for you. You are a grim fucking person. That was the thing. That's a common thing. Everyone says don't eat fruit because it's covered in razor blades. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, we hope you have a lovely <laughs> Halloween and we'll be back with a regular episode next week. But thanks very much for joining us. And let us. us know if you want to do more of that kind of thing because I enjoyed it. I so. enjoyed it as well. So the research to... was a right cunt. Oh, I, I put off the Fucking... research for about a month. How do real, like, true crime podcasts do it? Like, every to, week. They go into the minute details as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, fucking, oh, God. Like, that was, like, four pages. Like, I fuck knows what, like, a, a last podcast on the left script yeah. is like or and, something and like I that. And for that, I had to look up, I had to look up the history and the lives of each member of the family to try yeah. and learn about them. And that is insane. But I enjoyed doing it. It was, it was nice. So, <laughs> it was nice. Yeah. I think that we're too used to just rocking up and not having to do any research. Yeah, I do enjoy that, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do more of it, let us know, because it, we are, I think we are both into true crime, so... It's, oh, yeah, I love true yeah, crime. I, love I, like, I prefer my true crime more sort of straight. You prefer it more comedic, which is weird, yeah. considering us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe you, you're around comedy too much, so you like some... Yeah. But no, I do, I like, I, I, like, I think because, as well, if I didn't have comedy with my true crime, then I would just be it'd real be a, fucking depressed all the time. It'd be a bitter pill to swallow. Like that, um, like an expired, like expired capsule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, join it on that. We'll end yeah, done that. that. Thanks very much, and you have a lovely Halloween. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Feel good. Mm-hmm.